So, Christian, let's talk Walmart specifically, though. First of all, how big of a role does it play in iBuy? Yeah, so Walmart doesn't qualify yet for iBuy because really? the criteria is that a company has to have 70% or more of their revenue from online uh, or virtual sales. Oh. Uh, Walmart's still less than 10%, but this move with Walmart Plus should bolster its revenue quite a bit, uh, we think, over the next 12 months. Christian, I think this is a really important reminder that uh, Walmart has really been trading a lot on expectations of what this is going to mean to their business because by uh, what you just said, I mean, they're not even close to a lot of the other companies that you have in this fund, which are really pure online plays. That's just not Walmart yet. Yeah, it isn't. And it's really a problem for them, OJ, because uh, the white hot area of growth in retail is online. Uh, we saw overall market share in the U.S. jump from 11 percent to 16 percent just in the last quarter for online. That's where you have to be. And that's where Walmart's big problem is. They have less than 10 percent of their revenue coming from this space. So they're aggressively trying to spend. And Walmart Plus hopefully will kind of bring in some more uh, shoppers online. They still are the second largest e-commerce company in the U.S., but their physical footprint is so big, and that's really kind of holding them back. Uh, and that's really problematic, especially as we go into the holiday season when we see about two-thirds of all shoppers expect to do 50% or more of their shopping online. So, Christian, is this, uh, do we know what kind of what the rate will be for e-commerce at Walmart, do we know how quickly this could move in terms of uh, replacing either brick and mortar or adding to it? Do we know the dynamics of what it's going to change in terms of how Walmart customer buys? Yeah, so uh, one interesting kind of analogy would be to look at Amazon Prime. And if you look at Prime members, they tend to uh, spend about twice uh, the amount of non-Prime members. So you're looking at you know close to maybe $1,600 for Prime members versus around six to seven hundred dollars for non-prime members. So, um, you know, Walmart Plus subscribers, we think, would end up spending more. That's great. It also could bring in some new uh, members to Walmart um, that you know maybe don't shop there physically now, uh, haven't really interacted with them online. Uh, one of the perks of Walmart Plus is free shipping. Uh, there's also going to be some special deals that Walmart Plus uh, members have access to. So hopefully that'll start to move the needle a little bit at Walmart. But, but clearly, if you're an Amazon Prime member, it's not just about free shipping. Uh, there's a lot of other perks, whether it's Prime Video or some of the video and audio services that uh, come along with the membership that Walmart Plus doesn't have yet. The key thing, though, I think, OJ, is that Walmart is close to most Americans. Their proximity is huge. So where they could potentially have a great advantage is doing, you know, uh, same day delivery. Um, that's where, you know, they've beaten up Amazon in the past and could continue to do so unless Amazon makes a bigger acquisition than Whole Foods. Do mm. you think right now we should uh, put them in a competitive uh, category? I mean, obviously they are uh, in terms of the specific regional overlap. Is Walmart going to have a first kind of easy step in where they're going to target places that Amazon doesn't have a stranglehold just yet? Yeah, I think so. Um, they're going to, you know, probably exceed uh, Amazon in terms of being able to get packages just in time to uh, most American cities uh, that are outside the top 10 to 15 cities. 
Uh, it's a real challenge for Amazon here, and that's where they have to extend themselves. You know, retail is really moving to this omni-channel experience. So you see Amazon moving more towards the physical footprint. And you see Walmart moving more towards uh, being more competitive online. So that's what the race is going to be here. And, you know, place your bets. You know, will Amazon be able to get into the physical side more, maybe do a big transaction besides Whole Foods to get a more physical presence? And then will Walmart be able to out-execute if you will, their brick and mortar tendencies to get back into the online space where all the growth is happening. So it's going to be an interesting race the next few years for sure. Christian, what should we expect for Walmart's growth rate going forward? Are they going to still be able to do 40% a quarter? I think they could, uh, for sure. Um, when you look at other e-commerce uh, initiatives that they've put forward, um, that's really led to about a 30 to 40 percent uh, growth rate on their e-commerce business. So Walmart Plus is probably the most ambitious. So I think that will help. Uh, the other thing they have going for them, Oliver, is you know if the economy slows down, uh, they tend to be kind of the low-priced brick-and-mortar option out there. They're also probably the most likely to survive this brick-and-mortar retail apocalypse. With all the store closings and bankruptcies, Walmart's poised just to pick up a market share due to less competition in the physical space. So I think they can still be a decent grower. With that being said, you know, the market hasn't been, you know, too excited about them. Walmart's just outperformed the overall retail ETF, the S&P uh, retail ETF XRT, um, not by much, just a little. And certainly um, we've seen online and, and even Amazon um, you know, triple the performance of Walmart and the overall retail space. So Walmart really needs, you know, more of what they've seen in an aggressive way to really get this stock to catch up to uh, online retail or even Amazon. As we see on the year, uh, this is a 52-week chart, iBuy is right in line with Amazon year-to-date. It's up 64%. Uh, Christian, uh, one question overall on the fund before we let you go here. Love the thoughts on Walmart, but I would be remiss if I didn't inquire about the overall group here with e-commerce. How do you think about these in terms of the slow, gradual exit from quarantine? Are they at risk or are these going to be one of the rare players that did well during quarantine and continue to do well afterwards? I mean, admittedly, they're not like a Zoom, right? Which like, you know, nobody was really thinking about until quarantine. People were already, you know, looking at all the e-commerce plays. Yeah, that's right. So going back to 1999, online retail in the U.S. has been growing by about 20% a year. So this was an existing trend. What COVID did was really accelerate the adoption of online retail. So uh, now we've gone again from about 11% total market share for online retail in the U.S. to 16% just in the last quarter. Um, you're looking overseas, you see 20 to 25% market share. We think that's where it's going. You know, most buyers, when they cite why they uh, shop online, it's Due to pricing, competitive pricing, and that's not going away even if uh, you know physical stores start to reopen. In addition, we see many bankruptcies and store closures on the physical side, and we probably will see people kind of sticking to these new habits they formed even if we fully reopen sometime in the future. Uh, the surveys show that online retail is probably going to have by far its best shopping season uh, due to physical restrictions coming up this holiday. So this little uh, kind of downturn in online retail, which is kind of overall of the growth stock segment might be an interesting buying opportunity going into the holiday retail season as we could see online retail hit maybe 40 to 50 percent of market share if initial consumer surveys pan out to be the reality this holiday season.